everyone, welcome to our bonus episode of the week. Mike <laughs> was laughing at me. It's a classic this character is our profile. Sec- the second go recording this intro. I just had to scroll down just a couple of lines to not confuse you, didn't I? We're talking about Vernon Tomlin. Vernon Tomlin, eh? Hey, Gemma, is he your favourite? Who's your favourite character? No. Is he anybody's favourite character? I don't know, but we're going to talk about him anyway. Write in if he's your favourite character. Write it. Let us know. In Reddington, you're not allowed to apply for this. No. Is Vernon Tomlin your favourite character on Coronation Street? If so, why? I don't... I think he's kind of okay. I like I like this character. I kind of, I've got fond memories of him. Yeah. Yeah, I think at the time, and we're talking back in late 2000s, um, he was just kind of there, and he was a bit sad. Um, and I liked him. He was a dreamer. Yeah, he was, a, he was a coaster, and not, I don't mean for your tea. <laughs> I mean somebody who just f- flows through life. They don't make ripples. They just kind of push forwards. Well, he was a, he was a feckless Cory man, wasn't exactly. he? Exactly. But I, I think at the time I kind of I, I tolerated that he was there. I kind of liked him. I can't say that I was disappointed when he went. Um, and and when I look back on him, he, he, I go, oh yeah, there oh, was yeah, there was Vernon. Wasn't it? There was Vernon for three years, um, but if if that's also where your your memory is at at the moment, and you need a bit of a refresh, or maybe if you have never even seen him on screen before, I hope you are ready to do some learning about Vernon with us this evening. <laughs> nice one. I didn't, I didn't prep Gemma for that one, but I, I knew I wanted to say that one. Um, so, I is this sounding a negative start? I don't I, I don't mean it to be, but he's a, he's an all right character who has probably been lost in the annals of history, but he fulfilled his purpose indeed, and we. Are are going to celebrate and praise that in tonight's podcast. So um, let's just get cracking with um, saying all we can say about Vernon, including, and we don't know when his birthday is, tragic, but we do know that he married Liz McDonald in 2007, more on that later. He made his first appearance on the 2nd of December 2005, so we're coming up on 18 years since we've known Vernon, and made his final appearance on the 22nd of September 2008. He was in 238 episodes of Coronation Street during that period, and as I said before, he was played by Doctor Who's chief clown, Ian Reddington. <laughs> and that's just for a few more this listen to last week. I'm, in a, fu- I'm in a funny mood with this this evening. I don't know how long it's going to last because um, I think a lot of this episode is going to be more kind of reading and seeing what my notes say because I don't... Like, Vern is a character that I know that I watched. I must have seen every single episode with him in. But do I actually have any memories of watching him? <laughs> I don't know. I do. I don't know. I, don't, I think I, I don't think he's as forgettable as you're making out. Maybe, maybe I'm being harsh on him. I, I, I apologise for that. And I, I think after all that, what? Crow's a bit cruel to him, really. But he just knew what he wanted out of life, which was not a great deal. Which, you know, can we all not respect that? In a capitalist society where we're all primed to consume and buy and buy and you know, live luxurious lives and bigger bigger houses, more things, more stuff, eat this, go there, read that. He just had a guitar and he liked sexy ladies. Yeah, he didn't have a guitar. He had a set of drums. He was a little drummer boy. He played a guitar to, to, to play a song. Well. He was a musician. He was. He was a creative soul. He gave, he gave, he produced. He didn't consume, he produced and... We should all be more like <laughs> be more Vernon. Vernon. I think that, that, that part of my issue and of not remembering things about Vernon is that period of second half of the first decade of the, the, the 21st century is a real kind of 
not blank part, but so at the moment in classic Coronation <laughs> Street, they're just at the end of two thousand and three. So yeah. I've just been watching like the early two thousands, the nineties, uh, and before that, I'm not going to claim to be any expert of, but we have. We were kind of watching in earnest some of the older episodes, weren't we? So there's just this little pre-podcast period where yeah, I know what happened, but because I, I, we haven't seen any of it, well, barely any of it, since it was something? on, it's understandable if we have maybe forgotten a bit. You were in the throes of beginning your very intense career in education. I was, yes. So, so perhaps not as much time... To focus on extraneous... I mean, we watched it. We watched it. I know, it. but you weren't sort of focused on it as much as you are now. I don't know. I don't know. There was some good oh, stuff really? there. There was... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm anyway. To make... I'm trying to... Okay. I'm trying to excuse my, my not... lack of I passion for need... Vernon. I don't but I do, I do kind of like him. And I know so I'm kind of going a bit of back Ian and forth. Reddington? So, Ian Reddington, he studied at RADA, don't you know? That's Why a kind do of... we look... I don't even know Rada. what it's... Do you know what it stands for? Royal... Academy of oh, Dramatic Arts. I think it probably is. I'm going to say that. I don't and know what it is, but I can just in my head. I don't know where it came from. Here, Rada, darling. Yeah, it seems like a, it seems like the ones that the the proper actors go to, isn't it? <laughs> oh dear, we're going to get beaten up. Well, no, well, not only that, but he was also in the RSC, the Royal Shakespeare Company, which he joined in 1978, um, and he made his first TV appearance as a fire inspector in a show called Sharon and Eddie in. I've written here 1894. Yes, I'm allowed to pull, pick apart the mistakes in my notes. But I'm, but I'm guessing it's probably 1994. Or it could have been 1984. It must have been 1984 because this was before he played Chief Clown in The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, the Doctor Who serial that we talked about last week. He also played um, a corrupt, womanising market inspector, Richard Cole, in EastEnders between 1992 and 1994. And I find that quite interesting because he was apparently the original Tricky Dicky way before Richard Hillman ever um, popped into I Coronation think... Street. Okay. What? Tricky. He was Tricky Dicky. Tricky. Okay, yep, 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 next. What? Okay. Next. Yep. And he yep, was yep. in the bill a lot as well. He's been in loads of things. Is there something... And he still is. <laughs> I always think with actors, what would you, how would you feel if you got typecasted like an incredibly un, unpleasant way? Like, what is it about him that makes him look like a seedy womanizer? <laughs> I think, I, I don't know is whether just, Vernon is his biggest role, but it's the only thing energy. I've seen him in. But he was very, very good at playing a bit of a sleazy slime ball, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he can do that kind of leer. Yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't um, a villain in any no, way. No, no, no. He was, he was definitely work shy and a bit of a waster and he was a bit of a ducker and a diver and if he could avoid a, a hard day's work in any way possible, he would. But... I think in a way, do. that was one of the things that made him love it. It's a That's bit like Tim. He was like. a bit of a pre-Tim Tim, wasn't he? And I wonder yeah. whether, you know, if we were doing the podcast back then, you'd have held Vernon in as much disdain as you do for Mr. Metcalf now. Well, first of all, in a capitalist society that's killing the planet, the correct moral choice is to do the minimum amount possible. Is it? Yeah. Reduce so the carbon footprint. Reduce just your sit carbon around. footprint by not doing anything. Um, but here's my other question... What do you think? Do you, do you think there's any character that you could call a womanizer? Well, what? He's, he's Some... just a, a normal character on Corrie. Now. Now? I mean, Adam is probably any. the closest, maybe. No, he's not, though. Not anymore, but maybe he's an ex-womanizer. Yeah, I don't was... think well, we do womanizers on Corrie anymore, because I think that... I don't think womanizing is celebrated. No, I think... 
I don't think men have changed, <laughs> but I think that the idea that uh, uh, chasing after this, you know, a bit, bit of skirt. stuff on skirts yeah. is a uh, is a funny good thing to do. That well, that's not talking about bit of stuff, bits it? of stuff in skirts. Vernon's character is inexorably tied to Liz McDonald, yeah. isn't he? You know, we said that they got married, and the story of Vernon really is the story of Vernon and Liz. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I think I did like about it is that they were put together as complete opposites. It's almost like they didn't fit each other. And he was so, so worlds away from Jim, who Coronation yeah. Street fans thought, you know, despite his numerous flaws, was very, very much good for Jim, for Liz and, you know, the, 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 the soulmate of Liz. And I found it really interesting how they decided to go completely the opposite direction to the kind of man that we were expect that we were used to Liz courting. Um, well, and, then, you... and then it kind of all went wrong because he just wasn't the type of guy for her. How do you think they're, they're not suited to one another? Because she liked someone who was a, a hard man who would kind of mm-hmm. treat, her, treat her rough, you know. Well, no. Not, not, not in the same way that Jim would you know, beat her up a couple of times. No. But someone who would... Um, yeah, someone who knew what he wanted and was, was hard saying, and firm like, and tough. And this is Jim. Ambitious. Yeah, yes, but also somebody who'd probably fling around the bedroom in a sexy kind of way. And Masculine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quite quite rough around the edges. Yeah. I mean, we know what Jim McDonald I'm was like. I'm just trying to articulate it. I, I, thank you very much for helping my articulation. Do you not think Do you not think that Jim was, was a bit more ambitious than, than Vernon? I mean, you'd have... I mean, getting out of bed in the morning is slightly more ambitious than Vernon at times, isn't it? Well, Ver- Jim was very disciplined, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, it he's came been in the from army. from his army days, yeah. um, and you know he That's knew correct. he knew what made driven. It, yeah, exactly, and he knew what he, he, he wanted. He liked things ship shape, and he knew how to polish his shoes. And Vernon was Vernon just happy to drift along in life. Didn't even know what he wanted, and he certainly didn't know how to get it. No, because he never ended up with it, did well, he? Well, I think he kind of. He was driven by the idea of fame and He's wanting romantic. to do well with his band. He was absolutely Fantastic. a romantic. Um, and I think he, he... It wasn't like he wanted to be famous in the same way as these days, you know, 15 minutes make of fame. Him, make money he just wanted to make creative. money from his passions and yeah. his loves, which That's was music. But I really like didn't Vernon. necessarily want to try really, really hard to make it happen. Yeah, Not that like it's me. easy to make it happen <laughs> if you just try hard. That's the problem. You know, being in the creative arts industry, uh, if you really, really want something, it doesn't guarantee at all that you're going to get right. it. Um, but, you know, he, he probably could have pushed himself just a little bit a little bit harder in some elements of his his career. Um, so let's let's take a look back at some of Vernon's most memorable moments or you know, just talk about what he did every single moment that he did in the show. And he came in as just a, um, a, a short-lived character, didn't he? His casting was revealed on the 3rd of November 2005 and he signed up for a three-month stint. So it was very much a case of let's test him out. And then they ended up liking him and, and kept him going for a bit longer that we've seen with countless characters on Coronation Street before. And this is where it gets revealed. I mean, I don't know how they do it now, but that Corey really is made up as it goes along. <laughs> I know that seems obvious, but there's a lot of forward planning that goes into it, but there's also lots of, let's see how this goes, let's see yeah. where, what happens here. And sometimes that really pays off because you can find gold. Particularly if you see some chemistry between yeah. the characters. And Vernon and Liz, as much as the characters weren't suited for each other romantically, although some might say that 
Vernon was the kind of man that Liz needed and she didn't need somebody who was going to fling around the bedroom and she didn't need somebody who was going to hold a building society up at gunpoint to try and prove well. his love for her and she didn't need somebody who was going to you know, knock seven bells out of her when he had had a few too many to drink. Um, I what can't you remember. want and what you need is not... It's yeah. not the same thing, is it? Yeah. So she meets him in 2005 at the Weatherfields Traders Association dinner dance. He's the drummer in the band who are playing. And Diggory, who is... Um, at, Diggory Compton. Yeah, Diggory Compton. He's the, um, the baker. baker. He's Molly's dad. Um, he gets annoyed by this because he's got a soft spot for Liz. And he gets drunk and then he, revo- <laughs> he resigns as president of the association. So she starts seeing um, Vernon... And she tells Deirdre, who's her busy mate, she thinks he's the one. But Steve gets frustrated because Vernon's a layabout and he's leaving his drums around and being a bit useless and not not really helping around the house. Yeah, I mean, Steve at this point was was absolutely a grown man, wasn't he? But he didn't like the idea that this guy who was hanging about his mum was seemingly so much more immature and useless and hadn't got his act together in life. And um, he thought that his mum deserved somebody better. Mm. I I can't remember at that point whether Steve was in the pro let's get mum and dad back together camp or whether he thought that they were better apart. But um, well, I mean, I will say a younger the younger Steve was, the more business driven he was. Yeah, and I'm gonna say back in 2005, he had certainly not. He wasn't the Steve that we know now. The Steve that we know now would be busy mates with Vernon. Mm. He'd think he was brilliant. He'd be hanging off his every word in the pub as Vernon gets drunk and tells him all about his his life on the high seas and drumming and laying about. He'd think that was fantastic. But back in the day, uh, Steve took after his dad slightly more than... Yeah. He, he <laughs> didn't that. think that he was good enough for his mum. Who, who is good enough for Liz McDonald? No one. Let's say. So 2006, he goes off on a cruise with Liz in January, though she ends up coming back without him. And, and that was kind of the end of the original Vernon stint. Um, but a couple it, of... What? I was just going to say, I think it's a bit of a callback to Corey's musical history that we have such a weirdly disproportionate number of people that work on the cruise ships that that Manchester's nowhere near a port. Yeah, people always make such a thing about, oh, what's the the crime rate like in Weatherfield? How many murders have there been? Does anybody say, hang on a minute, why are so many people work on the cruise ships in Coronation Street? We literally live in Southampton and I know one person who works at Carnival but we are like the home of cruises in this in this country, and we like no fewer people than. To be fair, we don't know Corrie. that many people, do we? Not really, no. <laughs> but um, it is funny because I was just thinking, her and Glen, him and Glenda, they'd get on, wouldn't they? Yeah, him. they'd have a few stories. They should just have trade. a. They should just have a um a, another cruise ship special and have him and Glenda and Jenny was on the cruise ships, wasn't she? Alec Gilroy, of course, on the cruise ships. Well, Kieran um, and Michelle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lots of people either love going on cruises or work on the cruise ships. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway. That's a bonus episode in itself, surely. Yeah, yeah. Before it goes cruising. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she ends up coming back without him from this cruise ship. I I can't remember why. But he turns up in March again, much to Steve's annoyance, because he thought, you know, so long good riddance to that that no good waster. but he's asked to move out into number 12, which is where they were living at the moment, after he tells Liz that his landlord has chucked him out. So not only is Vernon back, he's living with the family as well. Steve, not at all pleased. 
Um, Vernon then starts. We we hit, find out more about his band that, that they've been Do touring you know what around. What his band's called? I can't. I don't remember whether they, they probably did have a name. I haven't got it down here. I don't think you can start to have a look if you want to. But he starts holding auditions in the Rovers to find a replacement. And maybe maybe this is where my slight um, distaste for Vernon comes from because. He's the one responsible for bringing Michelle Connor into the show. <laughs> definitely, definitely a character that I've had issues with in the past. But yeah, he's he's doing these candid these um auditions there. Liz is pretty narked that all the candidates are females. They're all young and sexy, but luckily they're all rubbish. So Vernon says, well, Liz, you got a good pair of pipes on you. Why don't you have a go yourself? And he is just about to give Liz this job when Michelle turns up and absolutely smashes it, which was always kind of funny because back in the day I was thinking, there's Kim Marsh from Hearsay, or Kim, whatever her name was back then, from Hearsay. And, um, also, very, very good singer. I wouldn't say that... I, I would never say Liz, lead singer of the band. I don't put those two to, <laughs> together particularly. But anyway, so this is how Michelle comes into the show. And Liz gets very, very wary of Vernon's intentions towards Michelle. She's a good-looking woman. He's a bit of a perv. And soon, she is convinced that she um, wants... That Michelle, sorry, wants to get her claws into Vernon as well. But she follows them to a flat one day, but discovers that Michelle's just showing him round because he's interested in letting it. Liz is then chuffed when Vernon asks her to move in with him, but admits that she doesn't actually fancy that particular flat, so they find another one. Gosh, this is thrilling, isn't it? This, anyway, this lasts all about one episode or so because the landlord doesn't want him staying there with his drum kit, so they move back to number 12. The Gemma. Rock Rhythm Rascals. The Rock Rhythm Rascals was the name of Vernon's band. There you go. I mean, Thank sorry. You, the Rock Rhythm Rascals. Rascals, they're rascally. <laughs> so, Liz, brilliant. She just finds out that Vernon's written a song for her, but is rather put out when he sells it to Kirk to sing to Fizz. It's not what every day bizarre. you can sell a song. <laughs> no, exactly. It's he's, not, he's not. In a you said song. he wasn't business-minded, Gemma. Well, there well, you I go. I prove you wrong. a lot of... Um, that's a lot of business, entrepreneurial uh, mouse, exactly. isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Um, so now it's, it's what does she want from it's him? Kirk songs for Fizz so Vernon gets a job in I mean, streetcars I'll just say he's got the integrity to sell the song to Kirk and not sing it to Liz on the slide which is what I would have done <laughs> I'd be like Liz listen but don't tell anyone I don't, I don't know no, maybe we should have looked this up but is there is it a song where literally Liz and Fizz have been switched I can because... <laughs> only imagine that is the case and we know that Kirk... you really are the biz I really love your Fizz Liz it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna, I think I'm you're in the biz. Yeah. Um, um, can I, uh, also, yes. Kirk is a bit of a songwriter himself, so this must have been a truly amazing... Maybe Vernon was the inspiration for, for Kirk. I mean, Kirk probably song- thought, if he can do it, I can. Yeah. He's that's in- a very good he's point. inspirational. So inspirational. So Vernon gets a job in streetcars, because that's where all the layabouts basically end up working in Coronation Street, aren't they? You know, he joins the, uh, the ranks of the likes of Les Battersby, Tim... Can I just say something? Yes. Where's... Where... Is the job for the layabout woman? There's no layabout women it's in not fair, is it? Street, Gemma. Everyone is hard working. They're all hard grafters. If they all stop, drop dead, everyone else yeah. would, would would fall apart. Exactly. But all the men can just congregate in streetcars and sit around all day pontificating. I think that I think the lazy women go to the factory. They just pick up pants. Yeah, they just pick up pants all day. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's working at streetcars um, and. 
I've lost where I am in the notes there completely. And... Um, well, oh, he, yeah. she's not happy. He's, he's oh yeah, he's not happy. She's he's scrounging about. He so, wants so to he, be a scrounger. He, he gets she gets Liz so Steve to give him a job at streetcars. He doesn't he want to the work there. No, so he lies to her one day, and I was I was really I tried really hard to get my head around this story, and I think I got it right. So he just he decides to pretend that his van has been stolen with a load of his own old records in. Um, he, he was going to, he had a load of records and stock that he was going to sell at a market, but he makes out it's been stolen. Liz thinks that she was the one that left it unlocked and feels super guilty about this. And so buys him a Gene Chandler vinyl for a hundred pounds to compensate. But then she realizes he's been lying about the van when she finds the records that he's claiming were stolen because he wanted to try and claim them on the insurance. And, um, he breaks the... What goes on? I can't even... See, I wrote these notes two months ago. We were supposed to be doing this two months ago, so I do apologise if I sound like I sound... She, like I know what I'm talking about. Maybe she breaks it. So she normal. finds out... This is what I think is it happened. She found out that she he She breaks... Yeah, that's right. Broke the she breaks his record yeah. to, to get revenge and say, if you want this one I bought you, you can that's give me 200 quid exactly for it. exactly it. Thank you very much for correcting my notes yet again. So... Liz, <laughs> oh, I can't win, can I? You can't win if you uh, correct me I when, I, when I'm in the mood for it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Don't point it out if I want my correcting. Right, so Liz finds out that Verners has arranged a trial shift for Michelle at the Rovers. So he's not just content with having her in his band, he wants her in the pub as well. He even makes a pass at her, which she uh, rejects. But still, he carries on flirting while Liz is away. And there's even a scene where he strips down to his pants one day and wanders around the Rovers after hours one evening, thinking that Michelle's up for a bunk up with him. But unfortunately for him, he walks in on Sean and Betty instead. And Michelle, finding out about what an old perv uh, Vernon is, decides to quit the band. I mean, if he's so horny... Either of those people we could have bunked up with. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> they were both probably but, up for it. No, but... I think Sean and Betty have got standards. <laughs> Liz finds out what he's been up to when she comes back, chucks all his stuff, drum kit included, oh, that was out loud. of the rover's window onto the street and dumps him. Oh. Uh, and that's the last we see of Vernon for a couple of months. Um, but he does turn up later on in the year with flowers and a balloon that says, I love Liz. And it doesn't take her long to be one round, much to Steve's annoyance. The story of Vernon is basically Steve getting his hopes up that he's seen the back of Vernon and then he he, get, he comes back again. So Steve gives Vernon the pot man and cellar man's job at the Rovers, um, which Vernon doesn't really enjoy because he was hoping to just take the opportunity to skive off a bit longer and now he's been given some work to do. Um, he gets punched in the face from Jamie in one episode because he makes a dig about his and Frankie's relationship. When that all comes out, that's a different story that I'm not going to go into. And he ends the year, fortunately for him, and this is good books, because he takes credit for the candles and champagne in the back room on New Year's Eve, which is actually something that Steve had set up in the hope of bringing Michelle home. So What a beautiful romance. Yeah. 2007, Liz agrees to quit smoking for Vernon, but she goes back on the promise when she finds out what actually had happened for New Year's, the New Year's surprise. Um, sad. Vernon continues to shirk work at every opportunity and he gets some tips from Jack about how to make it look like he's working. Um, <laughs> and then one day the street gets evacuated. I think I remember this. What, what's the tip? What tips have you got? I no, no, you I don't, don't need to, do you? No, I, I, I wouldn't know how to make it look like I'm working because I'm working at all the time. But I'm, I'm kind of 
No, I, I don't know. One good thing is always to be looking at the BBC News website. To be like, I'm just trying to find news about <laughs> important things. Now, this next bit I think I remember. So, the street gets evacuated when they find a World War II bomb in the back garden number four. And everyone gets kicked out. He finds himself alone in the street after stumbling stumbling out of the cellar. He'd been hiding in there. And Liz is not very impressed because she was worried that, I don't know, he'd gone missing or yeah. died. Maybe, There's I mean, a scene where he's he's kind of stumbles out the rovers and it's completely empty and it's like an apocalyptic scene. He's like, where is everybody? Just because he's been hiding away down in the cellar. I mean, she didn't know how right she was to be worried because she didn't know that there were sinkholes everywhere. Very true. Steve fires him from streetcars after he's sent out on a job and he ends up spending the night at a party. And um, But this backfires because now Vernon's unemployed. He decides to start up an academy of drumming upstairs in the Rovers. Tell you what, no who else was on a, a, a drum teacher started off an academy? I don't know, who? Kel. Uh, who's Kel? Kel, Bernie Kel. Paul's stepdad oh. Kel. Mm. Mm. Meanwhile, Liz is getting more and more fed up with Vernon. And she starts flirting with Derek, who is the delivery man. <laughs> De- Vernon's obviously threatened by this. So she, he tells Liz he's a change man. He proposes to her. She accepts, but she's clearly not that into it. And this is the tragedy of Vernon, isn't it? Yeah. He loved Liz so much and all he, ca- he cared about just very few things in the world. And she was one of them. But she was never uh, that into him. She really? can't. She, the she thing wanted with Liz, a man. She was the sort of person who always needs to have a man yeah, she on did. her she arm. She needed doesn't it she? to be in a relationship. Mm. She didn't know who she was if she wasn't going out with somebody. Mm. And uh, Vernon was there. That That's really it. Vernon was always there and he always was quite enthusiastic about her, which yeah. is flattering, isn't it? And, and I think she did see the good <laughs> in him because he was harmless at the end of the day. Yeah, sometimes he'd walk around the pub in his pants in the hope of he was obviously catching a Michelle in a bit of a horny mood. Yeah, But he, he was a great, decent guy at the end of the day. Well, with his With his faults, with a few little foibles. Uh, and Liz was like, yeah, I, I think maybe it is time for me to settle down. She knew that she wasn't the, the young, flirty... 20-year-old something. Yeah, exactly, that she always was. And, and I and think Vernon she thought... came with a refreshingly little amount of baggage, really. Yeah, exactly. He so, didn't have ex-wives and kids hanging on him, No, I don't he? think so. So, so he, he... This to Liz maybe felt like, you know what, maybe the time of life has come for me to settle down with a kind of normal... Companion. Decent companion. And yeah, so maybe he's a bit useless. Yeah, so maybe his drumming drives me up the wall. But... You know, she earns money. She's got somewhere to live. Does mm. she need him to go out and be a go-getter for? Yeah. But yeah, her, her head is turned <laughs> by this Derek the delivery man, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. Um, so she's accepted his proposal. He borrows £100 to take Liz out for dinner, but he gets drunk before the meal. Just the good guy begins. like us. He's just like got no say. downsides whatsoever. <laughs> He's just a normal guy. He passes out in the back room. We've all done it, haven't we, lads? And Liz is there at the restaurant wondering why he hasn't turned up. So she calls Derek and spends the evening with him. <laughs> now, Derek is the guy who... Um, I don't remember even what he looks like, but what I think a lot of people do remember of Derek is that famous scene where Liz gets stranded out on a balcony, doesn't she? So she uh, he lived in this yeah. high-rise flat, and she's round his flat one time in a bit of a not very much and sexy negligee. And I think, I think the scene is like his wife comes home earlier than... Um, he's expecting and she has to then go out on the balcony and she's there in this really skimpy nighty 
well done to Beverly Callard for just giving it a go. And uh, she's there just for, for the whole world to see. Well, probably again thinking, I'm too old for this. <laughs> this maybe is what I, I used to find quite fun. But, but now these days, it's like, no, this is just all a bit embarrassing. Well, this is kind of interesting because in, in a way, both of these characters were kind of stuck in a arrested development, aren't they? Mm. She She's always been accused of mutton dressed as lamb. She's always been very flirty and kind of emotionally immature when it comes to relationships. And he's a guy that's never managed to sort of find an anchor in life. Mm. And between the two of them, it's kind of a disaster just waiting to happen, isn't it? I think Liz is the kind of person who Vernon probably had like page three calendars of, you know, when he, I can imagine him when he was younger, sending off, collecting his tokens in the sun and sending off Is for one of those. Is that what you did? And, no, <laughs> although, I, although I did know somebody when I was growing up whose dad had some of those in his garage. What, are, what did you say they were? Page three calendars. Oh, God. Um, and so he, he, Vernon thought he'd hit the jackpot. I think. Well, she's, he's sexy, yeah, sexy lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I know he was after Michelle, but, um, this is the question. Was he after Liz because he, he couldn't get Michelle? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I'm always... The thing is, I give I give men a pass when they go after women their own age. I kind of feel that that gives you a bit of integrity, which is such a low bar and so tragic. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like a guy that's constantly chasing younger women, I always go a big question mark. But at least he was after a, an age-appropriate yeah. um, beau for his uh, life. Well, Belle. Bell. <laughs> anyway, this 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 Derek and Liz well when love affair carries on for a little bit longer, doesn't it? But then um Derek's wife, Linda, smells a rat and uh Liz confesses to her, yeah, I've been I've been doing having the dirty affair. I've been having an affair with your husband. But honestly, I'm it's the other over. woman. It's over, Linda storms off, Liz is left terrified that Vernon's gonna find out. I mean really, Vernon's not done <sighs> anything wrong here is he i'll try to get michelle he's tried to do things wrong it's yeah, yeah it's not through one to try really does that give he's him just a, a massive loser I, I can't believe we've got 30 minutes into this episode without using loser. the word loser to describe vernon but Aww. that's basically if you look it up in the dictionary if you look the word loser yeah. up in the dictionary you can have a picture of vernon aren't you it's just sad maybe that, i felt well, i do have him. a bit of a soft spot for this him. is why i think i liked him because it, you knew that liz was sort of taking advantage in a way because she knew no matter what would happen, he'd take her back. Yeah. And she always like had a like a sad puppy, wasn't he? Backup plan. And she didn't treat him that well. Not really. But then he was a bit of a... He... Yeah. He, himself. So. I, I think that if Vernon had maybe treated it, her better, it wouldn't have ended the way it had. But, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I did like their relationship because it was just two hapless idiots, wasn't it? Like, they're just so unsuited to one another, but they just... Were determined to try to make this work, even though it was like mm. kind of drive a cart with no wheels. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, we we see like other couples that are very unsuited. It doesn't happen much. Sometimes there's there's characters that the writers think are suited, yeah, but we just not. as the viewers don't get on with. That's them. more common. It's <laughs> it's not very often that you get characters that are put together that clearly this has got disaster written all over it. And yes, you have got your own. You know, you got your one night stands that you think, what on earth was I thinking? But then you've got the likes of, say, Curly and Raquel, yeah. who were completely and utterly not yeah. suited to each Been other. Fine. Sadly, I have grown to see this over the years. 
Um, well done, you've grown and changed. I have. <laughs> that, that, this is my character growth, realising that they were not suited to each other. <laughs> as much as... Anyway. As much as you, you romanticise them, yeah. yeah. But uh, does Corrie do this anymore? What, have... Push two people together that are clearly unsuitable? Sometimes, sometimes you get couples that get together and then they realise maybe they're not suited to each other. But it doesn't often, not maybe not as much, feel like it comes from the character. So we're feel... having like Asher and Nina at the moment, aren't yeah, we? But feeling, oh, maybe too... we're not suited to that each other, but it more... feels very plot Yeah, realistic plot heavy. than this. The... Vernon and Liz were like a caricatured, really or badly suited couple. Well, yeah. The, and then the, you the, get the... people like, say, Beth and Kirk, where on paper they don't work. But in the show, <clears throat> they do. Ah. I think they do. I think they do. I don't think we're supposed to think they don't anyway. Yeah, but I, d- I don't think there's very many I think... couples. I mean, <clears throat> another couple going back in Corrie history that some may say were not well suited, Alec and Liz, even. True, true. And and she Those really, she ended up going out with him because well, he partly he saved her when she went, you know, had a bit of a breakdown and disappeared off to Tenerife or wherever it was. And he came back and offered her security and, and financial support and, and love. Yeah, it was a very transactional relationship, but it, it turned yeah. out to sort of work. It was mutually better. beneficial yeah, for yeah. a few years for, for those Those are the sort two. of things I really like watching. Mm. I don't think Corrie does that anymore. Not not recently, anyway. It's all, you know, desperate, romantic, you know, or hopeless kind of doomed relationships. Mm. Like, you know, Sarah and Adam, even though I don't think anyone cares about them at all. No, no, you're right. It's either, Corrie at the moment seems like it's often... And like character- Ryan, Ryan oh, and Daisy, like, oh, oh, if only, if only, if only the stars would align for them. Mm. Or like Daniel and, Daniel and Daisy. I suppose you might say that Daniel and Daisy at the moment are a bit not really suited to each other and yeah, perhaps not, they're just realising that now. But it's now. not a, like a light-hearted, what the hell are they doing now? No. It's more like a Romeo and Juliet where you're watching a car crash. Yeah, I don't remember that in there. Was that, was that in the Baz Luhrmann? That was in the Baz Luhrmann, <laughs> right, at the beginning, at the petrol station. Anyway, we, we digress. We need to go back to Vernon. So Vernon sells his Northern Soul record collection to buy a surprise trip to Paris for Liz, but then Derek reveals to him that they'd been having an affair um, because Liz wouldn't carry on seeing him. So, so he was feeling vengeful and he just told Vernon everything. I do like Liz... how Vernon occasionally made these grand romantic gestures. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know... <laughs> Thanks. Uh, what shall I sell? Uh, sell amiibos, uh, you can sell all I your... don't have any things yeah, that have I'm any not spare amiibos. Okay. I don't collect what about all of these unnecessarily. Nintendo 3DS get? What about the bongos in our attic? That My Donkey console? Kong bongos, Gemma. Thank you very much. A vital. <laughs> Vernon didn't sell his drum what kit, about did he? Your, what about your inherited collection of stamps and coins? Yeah, we, we, we do need to sell those. But no, it was quite nice. Uh, don't and I think to that... Paris, please. And and, and I suppose that you we said at the beginning he was a bit of a romantic at heart. He and was. I think sometimes he would give these these but grand again, gestures. This is the sort of this is the problem with him though. He has not got a practical bone in his body because really he should sh- number one maybe not don't sell your Northern Soul record collection. Get a job. Hmm. Uh, and secondly, like like maybe sell your record collection and use it to fund your education to get to get a better job i don't know don't take her to to paris but he has just found has he no this is before this is before he finds out about yeah then he finds out so he so liz is begging him to forgive 
to forgive her. I think he probably won't. he's sensing that Liz's mind is elsewhere. Well, he's, and he's trying feeling... to win her over desperately. That's that's what this is all along. It's always him trying to impress her, not the other way around. Mm, that's mm. how you can tell where the power lies in this relationship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so he decides to move to Marbella, Marbella, Marbella. I don't know where that is. Spain? I'm going to say Spain. It sounds kind of Spanish to me. Um, it's only when he hears his and Liz's favourite song in the taxi on the way to the airport because uh, Liz sneaked a mixtape to Lloyd. He decides to come back and they reunite. Hurrah. Did he buy a ticket? Is he, is he now blown his money on a <laughs> ticket to Marbella and a, uh, yeah. a romantic getaway for Tita Paris? And mm. now he's got nothing. Anyway, he books the register office for New Year's Eve so he can marry um, marry her. And uh, at the beginning of December, they end up they do end up going on a trip to Paris for her 50th birthday. And 50 is so close to where I am right now. I'm thinking, oh no, but I am a layabout like Vernon. <laughs> do I need to get my act together? You're not together? close to 50, but well, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not going to... I'm was when this was on TV. Yeah. <laughs> It is going to spring up on us before we know it. It's not that old. (laughs) It's all right, because I think when we were younger, 50 seemed like really old, but we've seen our parents go through it. We've seen kind of... Go through it like it's some kind of ordeal. Yeah, it's like the metaphors, isn't it? We've seen... You don't know We've seen Coronation Street actors um, that we kind of grew up with going through it, and they're, they're doing great guns, aren't they? I don't think 50 is old anymore. No. Which is... <laughs> but that's what 40-year-olds say. <laughs> <laughs> Word spreads that Jim is out of prison and Vernon promises oh, yeah. to protect her if he shows up on the street like this he's This is one of Jim's many uh, returns to the street after getting so, banged so up. So Jim appears on the street and Steve gives him a job at streetcars on the condition that he stays away from Liz and Vernon. And Jim says he's a changed man, I swear I won't. Um, and when Liz goes to see him, he says he's a changed man and he's happy for them. And Vernon meets up with him and thinks, oh, this guy's actually quite nice. But it's clear to the viewers that Jim is going to try and split this couple up. What? Yeah, like we, like I said earlier, despite really, really not being suited to each other in many ways, Liz and Jim are 100% suited to each other. And, and if I was kind of making a, a ranking of couples that are most belong I together they be- not yeah. suited but i think they belong there's to some each kind other of t- terrible magnetism if there's yeah if there then I mean, there was absolutely magnetism between because the two because she was of them. A, she was a, an abused wife mm. we can't we can't the, in hindsight we can see that this story would not have happened the way it did if it was to, if it was on Corrie now it would not be you know but but i think Thousands of years of romanticising abusive relationship is, is a hard thing to shake um, for, for our, our culture. Don't you downs. think? I think it's only recently that we're really understanding what abuse is. Mm. When it when it was good, it was very good between them. Um, and I well, think... it's un, it's un, it's an unhappy fact that mm. Liz loved Jim mm. and Jim loved Liz, and they were terrible for one another. I can't remember what the general feeling from viewers was back then about you know are we on team vernon or are we on team liz jim sorry so, so team team jim yeah i think i, I was know. always kind of team liz and jim although back then i probably wasn't quite so conscious of all the stuff that had happened in the early 90s between them. jim's also a much more compelling and charismatic character than vernon was because yeah. vernon was always portrayed as this lackluster layabout mm. you know dilly dallier and and Jim was a very direct, masculine, 
energy. Mm-hmm. It's so toxic and it goes to show you how how recently these things were portrayed in the media. And I'm not blaming anyone for it because I also think the way we think about re- relationships now is going gonna, is gonna to change as we learn more things about psychology and trauma and, and stuff. But it's really fascinating... Um, to, to see to see how this played out in mm. and it feels like very much of its time which is one of the things i like about soaps yeah is it tells stories about how people were back see then, themselves in the not, not so distant or past. What, what was aspirational or not for, for the time yeah yeah this wasn't that long ago so jim's trying to formulate a plan to win liz back and he worms his way back into helping out behind the bar during the christmas rush and then Liz is, you know, because we've got this wedding that's prepared for the end of the year. And on the on the morning of the wedding, Liz admits to Deirdre that Vernon does not excite her the way that Jim does. And Vernon is, is just, not an exciting character. This is just but... such a face palm moment. Yeah. So Jim confronts Liz in the ginnel and tells her, Vernon's not good enough for you. They have an argument. Vernon goes out to investigate. He gets punched in the face. And Liz is like, yeah, Jim has not changed one thing. I need to stick with Vernon because... Maybe he's not exciting, but maybe I don't want that much excitement in mm. my life. This is, again, it's definitely got shades of Raquel and Curly, hasn't it? On the morning of their wedding, yeah. she's Doomed. there crying in the toilets because she doesn't want to marry this guy for, for different reasons. But at the end of the day, it kind of was that he doesn't excite me. I feel like I'm I, I'm compelled to, to marry this guy. It feels like it's the right thing for me. And it really is a lesson about... Um, don't just settle and that's what Liz is doing so it, it really was but, tragic but, but then also as viewers some of us are probably thinking oh but maybe he is good for it's you it's right that she didn't go with Jim <laughs> though isn't it either way yeah. she's settling because she's <sighs> look we've got to get away from I, this romantic idea of I can't help that... but romanticise Liz no, and Jim no you cannot and I, he I still physically, he wasn't just emotionally abusive he was physically abusive I know he was but I still would have loved because neither character had a proper ending. Liz especially. Yeah. Well, actually, neither of them did. Even Ooh. Jim, he got arrested off screen, didn't he? I can't remember. Um, I would have loved to have seen them go off together, have one one final little story. Okay. And then off they go into the sunset and we just assume everything is okay after my, that. Uh, my counter proposal is that they do that with therapy <laughs> like they've gone to therapy can you imagine jim mcdonald no, in therapy I would, I would pay money to see that please coronation street make that and let's thing. have toya as the therapist can you imagine her trying to tell him where he's gone wrong in his life <laughs> i i need well, to let me tell now. you something toya lover and battersby <laughs> i remember you when you came in the show <laughs> oh that would be fantastic okay make it happen Anyway, they get overhead with the wedding, Vernon and Liz. He's got a black eye. Um, Vernon Vernon finds out that Liz had been sort of chatting with, decide trying to decide if she was going to go with Jim or Vernon. Mm. And she nearly cancelled it. She, he finds out about this. But he forgives her and they go to Nashville on honeymoon. And again, this, Curly knows before yeah. he marries Raquel... Because somebody's come and told her him that she's she's crying, she's crying, crying there, but the he goes through with he it goes anyway. With it. Slightly That's selfish, gross. It's but gross. but is it also a way of thinking? Well, I can change her. I can change I can her. Prove, I still I love. I spend this. the rest of my life trying to make her realise. Mm. Not the best foundations for a marriage. 
Um, no, we, that's not how we began ours. <laughs> but I, I think that I think that people, I think I, I don't think that you know it's uh, it's probably as uncommon, but I don't think it's unrealistic that some people would do that. Getting married well, to people, somebody who know who you know you love them more than they well, love you, okay. in the hope that they'll be able to there's, there's, change their mind. There's, it's not just whether you want to marry somebody; it's whether or not you believe in the institution of marriage to begin with, mm. and not everybody does. No, no, no. So, so. Um, I, I like I like that I really like Liz and Vernon. They're such an interesting relationship, isn't it? I liked um, the the portrait that they had of yes. them that was taken at the wedding because this was a kind of cowboy themed wedding, wasn't it? And yeah. he had his white Stetson and and they they had this very white toothed photo yep. of them put, put, this put above the mantelpiece in the back row. It was done as a mega joke, joke. really, an utter cheese moment. But he was ahead so. of his time, really. Because everyone on Instagram is full of it's full of pictures of people with un unhealthily uh, white teeth. And when they're going to have somebody put have. a photo of them with dog ears and yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's like it's like um, Tyrone and oh, Alina and their Alina exploding and car portrait. Yeah. yeah, that is actually it's, it's the same. Idea. I wonder. I think we made parallels at the time. I wonder how many like iconic bits of in-universe oh. art. There aren't that many. Incarnations. There can't be that many. There's Alf's portrait. Yeah. The Hilda's Muriel. Yeah. And then these two pictures that we're talking about now. There must be more. But I can't think of any off the cuff at the moment. There's probably some that we've noticed. Like... Well, um, there's like, you know, there's kind of notable pieces of, of artwork that never get remarked upon. Like Carla's abstract artwork or Dev's three... Or back Red in the sixties, what the uh, what what Ken oh. and Valerie had in their room. Um, the the cowboy and Jesus. Oh yes, how could we forget the cowboy and Jesus? How could Absolutely. We? The the cookie picture. What cookie picture? Um, the dog. Oh, Rover. Cookie... Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the map of is it is it Stratford upon Avon in number one? <laughs> there we go. We're able to come up with a few more. I, I, I wanna... think they should start. I think they should do a Corrie art. Uh, yeah, gallery. a coffee table book of the oh, art yes. of Coronation Street. They should do that. <laughs> because we've also got Maddie's mural. Yeah. And we've got the stuff that... Because I know that... Um, oh, her name just went out of my head, but Craig's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. No, I can't remember. Caitlin? Caitlin. They did They did stuff, didn't they? Was it her that made the mural? Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I think so. Did... Didn't... Mavis fall in love with a guy that was a painter. Oh yes, there you go. I, um, that wasn't Victor, was it? There was then, someone else, and there was a picture of Mavis that he did. And the picture that we'll get back to that. That Irma did that um, was found in yeah, the, the attic. Yeah, that looked like a Lowry. Yes. There we go. There's loads. Oh, a coffee table book of Coronation Street art, please, for Christmas next year. <laughs> Thank you very much. And if you want me to write it, email me conversationstreet at gmail.com. I'm looking for ideas. <laughs> um, 2008 was Vernon's final year on the cobbles, and he starts it off um, arranging for a few of his mates to decorate the rovers. Um, and he draws up ideas for a smoking shelter but, at the back. So it's down to Vernon yes. that we have got a smoking shelter. I just want to say. Sorry, I interrupted you. End of the sentence. That's okay. Is that it? Oh, yes, I, uh, I thought it was. Okay, <laughs> he is one of the few characters that has had a physical um, lasting impact legacy, yeah. on the street that is still there to this day. There are very few people because the street is so you know crowded already. I mean, putting your name on something is one thing. You know, Audrey's, like Devs, whatever. Yeah. 
Well, I would say maxi, That I think that's more significant because the salon could come and go and you could have a different name on it and it's had different names on yeah. it for, for years. Very few people have made a physical impact on the street that remains to this day, you know. To... And the tragedy is nobody knows. No, Vernon made the smoking shelter. Maddie's got her her mural. You've got Maxine's bench. You've got um, Dennis Tanner's graffiti. You've got, I mean, Tina used to have a very sad little... Um, planter outside the builder's it's yard still, still there. is it still I don't yeah, think anyone there. cares about it you've got Seb's garden yeah and I think that's oh I'm sure there must be more but 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 the rest of them are just businesses that exist there no matter what the characters do or don't mm. do do you see what I mean like nobody's yeah, yeah, yeah. this is why Debbie was so visionary trying to demolish half the street <laughs> to make a hotel <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so he's des- he's designing this smoking shelter, um, and then him and his mates start to put it together. They disappear halfway through the job because they get a job on a cruise ship, as as you do you in Weatherfield. Whisk, whisk off, don't you? Yeah, this is where all the um, what's it called when people clonk you over the head and then say you're in the navy now? Oh no, there's a word for that, isn't there? Yeah, I know what you mean. Press ganging. Press ganged. Press ganged gang to the cruise ship. I've, I've got to go. I've got to go do a, be a bingo caller. <laughs> God, we live pampered lives, don't we? In the it's modern Jane age. Jane McDonald. She comes around and drags <laughs> you away. <laughs> Jane McDonald press ganging. All the people that can hold a tune in the north of England. Yeah. Um, Liz starts growing frustrated with Merlin's fecklessness again. Starts flirting with the bookie Harry Mason, and uh, I, I do feel yeah I feel sorry for Vernon Liz just she she wasn't that into Vernon was she no. and Harry Mason blimey he was it. a useless character if we ever do a character profile of Harry and Dan Mason I'm sure we will one day but that's how you know we've really really run out of ideas because that was a that was a character pair that um really left no legacy on Coronation Street Vernon develops a bit of a gambling habit around this time after he has a couple of wins on the bookies um, and then he gets offered a job on a cruise ship, believe it or not, for three weeks and invites Liz along. She does her best to get out of it and admits to Deirdre, I don't think I could stand three weeks alone with Vernon. That's how you know you've married the wrong person, isn't it? So bad for Vernon, honestly. So he comes back and Liz does, she, he goes off on his own. Liz does her best to welcome him. She books him a nice in a, a night in a swanky hotel, but clearly she has still got these bubbling feelings for the admittedly much more masculine Harry uh, Mason. Vernon says, right, he's, he's, you know, he's married Liz. He thinks that they've got the whole of the rest of their life together. He's got grand plans. Let's buy a bar in town. Let's get away from Steve and Michelle. Let's just have a, you know, me and you, babe. And Liz says, oh, you know, she, she at first pretends to be clean, keen on the idea, but Clearly her heart's not in this plan and she admits to Vernon she's not even sure she wants to be with him anymore. In fact, she should have never married him. Oh, tragic. That's awful. Kicking a man when he's down is like kicking a puppy, that is, isn't it? This is what I mean. This is much more... Look, isn't this so much more interesting than Coronation Street going, look at these two really good-looking people who have got in common the status that they're good-looking... Let's make them get married and then one of them, then they have... Then let's not show them for a, don't for show a them good, until, good six months. Until one of them then decides that they don't, they want to have an affair with somebody else. Mm. 
this is just fasc- this is so fascinating. It was a re- it was much, it was an interesting. This is a much better relationship King story. King Liz's romantic than, journey than ninety percent of the relationship stories that we've had in recent years. And I'm going to say that Daisy and Daniel and Daisy and Ryan is probably the most interesting relationship story we've had for for a while on Corey, don't you I w- think? I, w- I would have. It's not to, the same kind of thing. I would have to weigh up the competition about that one. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, it's another, it's another sort of um, interesting territory for bonus episodes, isn't mm. it? Like, what, what does Corey modern relationship? What do they? What, what drama do we get? I, I don't remember how much of Liz and Vernon we saw. Were like, were they like constantly there in the don't background, know. being a bit useless? Well, I think or they must have. Did been they go because... away for months and then come back again? It feels like it was a constant presence, which is not what you get with relationships on no. Corey right now. They, but... they come and go when there's a storyline going on. The, the reason for their ubiquity on the screen was because she was the landlady of the Rovers. Quite. And quite Vernon lived there. And you don't get that anymore because the Rovers is hardly in it because mm. it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Vernon's just been told by his new wife that she doesn't oh, want to be him. married to him anymore. So he packs his things, leaves the pub um, and moves into Lloyd's spare room. He won't this take his is, wedding ring he back. He doesn't even take his wedding ring back. No, he, d- he wants to, him, to keep right. that burning hope yeah. alive. So straight away, Harry Mason's around, sniffing around Liz, but she refuses to jump into bed with him straight away and sends him packing. Vernon, meanwhile, tries to put a brave face on things in his life without Liz, um, life after Liz, but the breakup has really hit him hard. And Liz says, look, honestly, we'll be friends but that is not enough for him. So in a last-ditch oh, attempt to win like? her affections, well, I don't know whether I'd do this, but he writes her another song. And this song, you need if you haven't seen... It's available on YouTube. There's a what, three, four-minute-long scene where he sings this song called Brackets, Don't Fall Into, close brackets, The Mason's Arms. And it was really well-written. It was good. It was, it was great. A, it was a, he performed it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian Reddington was a was a decent singer. Yep. Um, and and it's this hopeless romantic song of I thought that I was that our lives would be perfect together, but actually, um, now it's you know it's fallen apart before I even realised what was going on, and now is it too late? And it's it's re- he sung it so heartbreakingly. I don't think we would be in trouble to put a tiny clip in. Do you reckon we can get a little bit in? Oh, that means I've got to do a bit of extra work. I, I know you do, but I think it's what just just a little clip. I don't think anyone's going to mind. Okay, so maybe I'm risking demonetization on the YouTube here, Gemma. I got your permission for it. So here's a little. I think clip. we can skip. Don't fall into the, the twenty-three arms. pence that we would have made <laughs> on this video. Here it is. Here it is. When you said I do, I guess your hearts wasn't in it. When you said not now, I knew I'd never win it But there's danger at the bar flap You know I mean the tall chap Don't you fall into the mason's arms Well, I hope I remember to put this, otherwise there's just a pause there now. (laughs) (laughs) People really enjoyed this, and I think we're probably quite surprised to hear a a whole song sung on Coronation Street so well performed. that's That's the point to hammer home here. It wasn't like... An original. When it was original. It was, uh, you know, it was scored. It was written. Um, it wasn't just Kurt going arseholes on on <laughs> on the stage, which was admittedly hilarious. Uh, it was 
mm. the whole song. Yeah. And and it, I I loved it. I remember watching it, uh, and we watched it again not that long ago, and I can't yeah. remember why we did, but it's yeah probably and, the best original song ever performed on Coronation Street. Well, I, Brett I Falcon know. is going to fight you for that one. Brett Falcon can meet me outside. <laughs> um, Ian Reddington at the time was kind of saying, oh, everybody loved this. We're going to see if we can release it in time for Christmas. It'd be lovely to see it at Christmas. Number one, it, it wasn't. Sadly, but... um, in 2008, I don't know whether the Novelty Christmas song was quite a thing. <laughs> I don't think Coronation Street themed singles were a thing in 2008, I'll tell you that. I don't think they were. Although the, uh, the Harry Hill Ken Barlow song was only a few years away. One. So, last ditch attempt to save their marriage, Vernon hires, um, sorry, writes Liz a really. He hires a ghostwriter gets, yeah, for a to love To write letter. a love letter to her. He gets ChatGPT to do it. <laughs> Um, sets up his drums outside the Rovers to try and get her attention doesn't work and he leaves for London oh. alone sad times if you're going to write somebody a song and they still won't shag yeah, you then that's, you're that's when you know it's over just give up mm. even I would even I would think again if you wrote if you wrote me a song yeah well, it was. It was al- what I would almost. It was. It, it almost could have worked though, because Liz finds out just as he's about to leave that Harry is two timing her. So she realizes what a terrible mistake she's um, made, letting Vernon go. No. She goes to chase after him, but it's too late. He's okay. gone, and she's like, "Nah." Well, the thing is about Liz, okay, is a... that she only thought of made a mistake here when it turned out. That the guy she was trying to shag didn't want to shag her back. And now she's on her own again. Exactly. Mm. Carl Liz. Ah. Um, so that was it. And um there were reports um earlier on in two thousand and eight that there would be several characters axed and uh, and Vernon was one of them. Um this was the the new producer Kim Crowther came in and I'm not gonna say she made poor decisions because the Mortons, the Masons and Vernon, I think they Who's were the Masons? Dan and Harry Mason. Who were they again? They were the bookies. Dan Mason was the guy who... I'm um, with faces. I'm Steve trapped up. down the stairs in the Rovers and he broke his arm there or something like that. The Mortons, you know who they were. Okay, there's a guy, there's a guy from of number Silent six. Hill that's called Harry Mason. So I'm going <laughs> to take a bit longer to look So she up. came in and, and, and did a bit of dead oh, wood kept, clearing out. Who's the other out. guy? Harry Mason and... Dan Mason. Okay. And which was the one that was trying to... Harry Mason was the, the oh, well, I see, I remember, was yeah. the guy that Liz was going after. I'm sure I'm not the only one who doesn't necessarily remember no. the name of the I character. started off the episode saying, who remembers Vernon, who loves... I think people do remember him. Dan Mason but... was in 108 episodes. Oh, okay, so... there we go. Good fact-finding. But no, people do remember Vernon. I think people have got a soft spot for Vernon, but I, I challenge anybody to have a soft spot for Dan and Harry Mason, apart from Liz. Anyway, um, she, she said <laughs> at the time, Coronation it's Street, she. Kim Crowther, okay. Coronation Street has always been a tradition of characters who come in to play out storylines beside established characters before moving on. As in any community, there are people who live there for years and people who pass through. We still have some interesting storylines to play with these characters and they're very talented actors and we wish them well. <laughs> I that's, like that. Uh, do you think that's what she that said to them when like, she called her in, called them into the office and was like, right, Mortons, Masons. And, it feels uh, like this. Sort of, it feels like she it's said just the way it is. Oh, I've read that out loud, but I was just going to write that in the card. <laughs> I think it wasn't Kim Crowther the producer that got on got at people's noses and then um, and then Phil Collinson came in and replaced her afterwards for the fiftieth. Well, I'm going to maybe say that that's true, but I've re- I've really got not very good knowledge of uh, of Corey producers and their well I legacies. think she's great because she's a lady 
Yeah. Um, anyway, that was the last we saw of Vernon. Um, Ian Reddington himself has done loads of TV and theatre and short film work since. It looking at his IMDb page, he's, he's got a couple of things there every year. So he's a very busy chap. He's been in Doctors. He's been in Vera. He was in a couple of episodes of Benidorm, I think. Love it. And even in 2017, he joined fellow Corrie alumnus Deborah Stevenson, who played Frankie Baldwin, on stage in the Son of a Preacher Man musical tour. He's so got he the still pipes. kept... Yep, those musical roots, and, um, and and I guess that's what he's doing now. I don't know. I'm I don't just know jealous of anyone now. who can sing. I I I wish ill upon you <laughs> because it, I'm jealous. Yeah. So, well, if I oh, I this is the thing. This is how much I love singing. If I had three wishes from a genie's lamp, one of them would be I, I wish I could sing. That's how much I love singing. Did I tell you that one of the other teachers at school the other day told me that I sing quite well? You do sing quite well. I, I'm all right. I hate you too. I'm no Vernon Vernon Tomlin, but I know I am more than a. Where's Gemma my Cox. song? How dare you? Where's my song then? I, I do. I love singing. I re- singing is what makes me happy. Yeah, it makes me happy too. But I sound like a a cow stuck in a well. <laughs> um, here's an interesting Vernon Tomlin related fact. Sean, I was fishing. No, you you, you love but me, I darling. I noticed that there was no compliment that came. <laughs> Simon Cowell would sign you up in an instant if only he could hear you. As a novelty act. Um, <laughs> I didn't know cows could sing. <laughs> wasn't he responsible for Mr. Blobby at number one back in uh, 1995? Sing better than Mr. Blobby. I could, uh, but I think he's better. He's a better rapper. <laughs> um, 2013, this was interesting, 25th of April, um, there was a petition on the UK government website to bring Vernon back to Coronation Street. And maybe this is somebody who's got Vernon as their favourite character. Or I, maybe it was just Ian Reddington himself this, who put this out there. I this is know. what makes this country great. So Our you eccentric. can still see this. There's The, the, the text went, a petition... Uh, hang on, what? hang on. So in, oh, yeah, if you're on. not from the UK, you can go on our government website which incidentally is one of the best in in the entire world so so i hear our uk government website you can go on there and you could say right i i've got a proposal to be debated in parliament and this is it and if you get enough signatures they literally have to discuss this in parliament normally they'll just go well that was this is a stupid thing that people want us to talk about do we all agree this is stupid and they say yes but um this is Democracy in action. Yes. So somebody wrote a petition to bring back Vernon Tomlin, Ian Reddington, to the cobbles of Coronation Street. Good. His curly locks and cutting sideburns, coupled with beautiful tones gracing <laughs> wondrous <laughs> melodies, are missed in the Rovers. Yeah. After the crushing disappointment that has been Carl murdering Sunita Allahan, the street needs a bit of joy <laughs> that simply that can't simply be reached through Devendra's white funeral robes. Vernon. Ian Reddington, once displayed the passion needed to lure the enigmatic celibate Liz McDonald and needs to return and bring back the joy which once filled millions of viewers' evenings with laughter, warmth and music. Hashtag bring back Vern. I agree. And uh, sadly, the government did not agree with this one and uh, it was rejected according to, uh, on the website, uh, with a a quote saying, it's about something that the UK government... I'm reading this really badly. Know, this was why. rejected because it was something that the UK government or parliament is not directly responsible for. Well, this is news to me. Thought? You can't choose what you want to happen on Coronation Street and get the Prime Minister to. Get well, this is why I'm not going. For you. I'm not going for a government position mm. because apparently you can't tell Coronation Street what to do. No, no. What's the point then? What's the point of being a Prime Minister? <laughs> okay, well, let's write to the King. Yeah, I bet he'd have some clout, Dear wouldn't they? King Charles. Yeah. Listen, buddy, 
bring back. You Vernon. and Cams have got a job to do here, and you're not holding up your end of it. Where is Vernon Tomlin? Who you ask? Well, your mum would have known. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I I think that probably now is past the time for Vernon to come back. I mean, Steve is still there, but um. Okay, pitch my pitch. Yeah. How to bring Vernon back to the show? Mm. Similar way to how they brought back Dennis Tanner, he turns up destitute and the only person he can think of who can help him in his hour of need is his ex-wife's son, aka my stepson, Mm. Steve Steve McDonald. That would totally be in character of him to turn up with with not a penny to his name at retirement age, needing somewhere to live and somebody to feed him and thinking that because he once shagged his mum, Steve owes him a bed for the night. (laughs) Don't you think that would be perfect? That could work. I think as, um, you know, if you had, if you were watching back then, you'd probably find it quite enjoyable. I'm not sure whether new viewers would particularly take to him, but I'd rather have him back than, well, there's probably a few comebacks I don't think you need to know the background history of Vernon Tomlin to to get that story. I pitched it in like two sentences. I might might be quite interested to see how Vernon and, and Tim got on. And like you said, now that Steve has become a bit more of a feckless layabout himself than he maybe once was 15 years ago, maybe he'd be like, you know, I got you wrong all that time, Vernon. You're actually a proper stand-up awesome bloke. I'm trying to... I mean, Steve is one of the few self-made men on Corrie. Right. Do you not think so? I mean, he's he's got his business. I'm trying to think of how he got it. I think Dev is the same. But quite a lot of people on Corrie who have a business shag their way to the top. <laughs> and, um, you know, Vernon missed out. I think he's owed it. <laughs> he thinks he's owed it. Who would fall for him? Jenny. Jenny. I thought, yeah, maybe Jenny. Jenny. I don't think they'd be suited at all. I, but don't, I think he's probably a bit too old for her. But possibly. Him turning up and singing her a song, she'd melt, wouldn't she? Well, what about Bernie? We could have Vernon Byrne. Vernon and Burn, they're both romantic souls. I think that I Dev he... versus Vernon could be quite fun. I bet he's got a collection of crystals. <laughs> yeah. Don't you? Or <laughs> well, we'd soon get them if you realised that it might give him a chance. We could get winter. a couple of weeks a great action out of Vernon as he interacts with all these characters, with his crystals and his womanising and his songs. Yeah. Okay, I've been convinced I think maybe he's that good. I think happen. he's alright. I liked him. I, I think he was obviously... And never meant to be a long-term character. He had you never limited, know. limited use on the street if he wasn't going out with Liz. I but, think that they but could I think have he's done. got a lot more fingers in pies than some people who've <laughs> lasted longer than he has. Yeah, I, and he was I, a good, I great actor. I think he was a brilliant performer. He played the part of an utterly useless layabout really, really well. Yes, and I think you've got to kind of separate. I don't like him because he's useless to. From actually, he's supposed to be useless, well, and that's what makes him good. Listen, not everybody it would be boring if everyone was fantastic and competent mm. and etc. Well, I think over the course of the last hour, I've had my opinion on Vernon really? changed a little bit. Yeah, well, I went into this going, I thought Vernon was a bit of fun. He was, but he was a bit useless. But I've got. I don't care. I yeah, think no, I, I... as a useless person myself, I'm going to stand up first. Like I said, well, there we go. Like he's... I said, in a capitalist society produce don't consume and that he was the epitome of that congratulations vernon you are environmentally friendly well there we go (laughs) there is vernon he lives on through tim i'm gonna say 
Um, and, a, and an over hour long podcast on conversation. Yeah, that's more than a lot of other characters have got. Some, I tell you I'll that. tell you what, bigger characters than he. Many, was. many bigger characters. I've had about 20 minutes back in the early <laughs> days. Uh, we'll rectify that at some point. We will do. Future, anyway, I think that that's Thank um, you for listening. pretty much it. Write in your favourite uh, Vernon Monuments, and if you can do that in the format of a song, please record it and send it as a. Send as us a the sheet note. music, and I'll sing it for you. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's a challenge. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you at the weekend. The music for this episode came from podcastteams.com, and then there was another bit that I've got to remember to insert in now, so I'm going to do it right now. Bye!